All right. Thanks so much to the family Newsom for bringing this show live over the internet. This is a conference call, so a simulcast. This is the Monday evening wildcard. Today it is February the 31st, 2022. And I welcome you all. Thank you for being here. We wait for Winfrey to present himself and let us know what's going here, to happen. Here I, here I am. Here next hour. Hello, Win. Hi, Win. Hi, Win. Hi. Hi. And someone else join in. Welcome. Two more people. Please say your names and location. Hi, hi. This is Jeannie and Citrus Heights. Hi, Jeannie. Hi, Bonnie in California. Hi. Hi, Bonnie. Welcome, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. Sounds like you're in a hole. I am. <laughs> Welcome to the next caller. Please say your name and location. Roger in Austin. Good Hi, evening, Roger. Roger. Welcome. Hi, Roger. Hi, everybody. Hi. Roger, I appreciate you taking care of your ex. Uh, thank you for the compliment. Can be difficult at times. I, I understand, I understand, but still, it shows your big heartedness. And, and the love goes out to you and the circumstances, my friend. Well, thank you. I'm looking, I'm just looking for some extra help. <laughs> I understand. Blessings to you. And welcome to the next caller. We thank you for being here. And welcome to all of you listening in online through BBS Radio. Happy Monday. Thank you for being here. It's awfully quiet. Hello, everybody on BBS. Oh, that's <laughs> Wynn's not here yet. Wynn yeah, is here. I know. I hope you're gearing up with a good joke for tonight. To on this hour or the next hour? The next hour. But... You, you can't get panic attacks when you're looking for a joke on the internet, okay? But I'm I'm not shy anymore. If if you do, it's not a good joke. <laughs> I remember you told me to look up a joke for uh, panic attacks. Right. A long time ago, and. Good evening. Welcome to the conference call. Please say your name and location. Gretchen in Arizona. Welcome, Hi, Gretchen. Hi, Gretchen. Hi, Gretchen. Hi, thank you. Gretchen, I'd like to know, are you living on top of the table? I, <laughs> I am. I'm on top of the mesa. <laughs> all right, all right. Good one. Bada ching. <laughs> Gretchen, Gretchen. Yeah. Do, do you do you still ever see Hansel? 
that's Gretel um, wing. I don't know. That's in the last, the last time I that's was cooking he, or looking, he was cooking. <laughs> Gretel. Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. Cha-cha-ching. <laughs> so you're starting out with the jokes I see already. <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to I'm trying to warm Antonio up. Ah, okay. Panic attacks are no joking matter. Hey. <laughs> that's that's what what I read when I was looking for jokes for panic attacks. All right. Again, thank you all for being here. And if you just joined in online through BBS Radio, we appreciate your presence. And I want you to know that this is a one-hour show. I don't know what's going to happen yet. We wait for Fred, for Win to tell us that. But after the hour, in the next hour, it is BBS Radio. It will broadcast. Oh, we're, we're, we're on BBS Radio right now. Yes, oh, yeah. we are. Okay, go ahead. We will broadcast our daily Whole Planet Healing Conference call. You do this seven yeah. days a week. And I, I, hey, I just, I just want to say something. I want to say something. This isn't like no other conference call you've ever listened to. Because while while we're on this conference call, and while you're listening out there in internet land, we have a team of guys on this call who are not human, who don't have bodies. <laughs> and they're on their call adding energy to it. And a lot of people can feel the energy of it, uh, particularly the whole Planet Healing call. But this one, too. They're on all of our calls. But... Um, there's a there's a there's a thing in the call that uplifts your energy, and that's why everyone that's on the call is so friendly because they keep coming in. So try it out. Unless you don't, don't want to. Don't just believe. Don't believe what Ben is saying. Just figure it out for yourself. Join in. Touch you know the ground and and see how it resonates with you. Yeah. What does kick what does kick the tires mean? Because you say that a lot and I imagine somebody one time kicking the tires and the car falling apart. <laughs> um, you probably did that in your past life. <laughs> uh, kick kick the tires well, yeah, means... came in. Yeah, would you like, Two more to, people. like to say your name? Joy and Squam. Hi, Joy. Hi, Joy. Hi. Hi. Well, let's suppose you were about okay. to drink a, a milk a milkshake, and I asked you, is that milkshake good? And you not, hadn't taken a taste yet. I could say, well, come on, kick the tires and let me know how it tastes. Yeah. Then you might say, it tastes like old rotten tires. <laughs> I would say my milkshake doesn't have tires. 
All right. Let's get started. Okay. <laughs> all right. Again, I thank you all for being here, and for particularly Win and Terry. Thank you so much for what you guys are doing. It's uh, mm. amazing. Hey, thank thank the guys on the other side for being here. Absolutely. Show. You know, I, I thank them several times a day. I connect with them, right. and, and it was great to hear a confirmation from Terry the other day. From yes, true Terry. From yes, we we hear you. <laughs> yeah. Muted. The day after President's Day, I guess, or is it President's Day? It's the twenty. Cut out the things. If you're listening on BBS, this, this uh, we do this this call every. And cut out the things. If you're listening on BBS. All right. Are you Are ready? You ready is the twenty first. Twenty first. Here we go. The recording has started. Hi. This is um, February 21st, 2022, and I, I think it's President's Day. I think so. And, yes, it is. Uh, yeah. And I just wanted to let you all know that President Lincoln was a walk-in, okay? And I don't know about Washington, but Lincoln was, according to our sources. And this is our Monday night wild card night and I'm going to play one of the we started doing these shows believe it or not in 2006 I believe and and I uploaded an old show from 2007 that I did by myself I don't think Terry we didn't do channelings then and um, and I thought I did an okay job. I think that's what I'm going to play. So we're going to start in just a moment. Hang on. And cut out the things. If you're listening on BBS... Cut out the things. If you're listening on BBS, uh, we do this this call and cut out the things. If you're listening on BBS, uh, we do this and cut out the things. If you're listening on BBS, uh, we do this this call every week, and it's it's a conference call, and we put the conference call online, and we do we have very was a big stepping stone in my saying, this is real, was when I asked them, was Terry anybody famous? She was the lady that was channeling, Terry Brown, and and uh, they told me to look up St. Catherine of Siena, who I never heard of. So I looked up St. Catherine of Siena. I found the story of this young woman in um, Siena, Italy, and they would write down everything. She would go into the local church, and they would write down everything she said because they thought God was speaking to them through her. And um, when she died, they published all her channelings, and um, she became they became, the book became a classic of Catholic literature called. Uh, 
St. Catherine's Dialogues with God. And I had learned when I wrote the uh, Wilcock Casey book that people look like their past lives because when you die, your soul carries your DNA with it until it comes into a new body. Wilcock was the spitting image of Casey. Terry happened to be the spitting image of St. Catherine. And um, I have used this many times and identified people. I don't go look in the past. They usually, you know, in every case, there had to be an inclination towards a person in the past. And then when I looked it up, they were similar and sometimes spitting, okay? Um, and so there's been a woman who has been coming into our conference calls for a couple of years now, okay? I think it's a couple of years. And started to get to know her because I have a, something called Message a Day. And I was sending out my poems, my channelings that was with Terry, all kinds of things. And she was subscribed to it. And she would always email me, or often email me, and be very enthusiastic about what she sent. Very. And she was like, I, 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 got, to, I got to understand that she had a deep understanding of things. And uh, the stuff we were sending out was deep, but she always got it. And, and then I got to know her a little bit. I talked to her a couple of times. She started coming to my conference calls, and, uh, and, and I found that she lives on the grid in New England. And um, she lived there by herself. And she was chopping wood. Off the, gr was off the grid. Off the grid. Off the grid. Thank you. She was living off the grid. And she was chopping wood. And she had a generator. And, and, and she was doing it all by herself. And which is an amazing um, for a woman to be to be doing that, I saw it. I still think. And um, over time, she made the casual comment, and I can't remember how it was brought up, but that she thought she was the reincarnation of Amelia Earhart. Now. You probably all know. Hey, I'm really screwing up. I'm playing last week's call again. But maybe that's what's supposed to happen if I'm being like new agey. But this was a great call. So I'm going to play it again just for the heck of it and let it keep playing. Just letting you know who Amelia Earhart is. Okay, but you will before this call is over. And, um, and I, I, I started studying Amelia Earhart after she said that. And I said, could she really be? I don't believe things because people tell me. 
Uh, I have to do my own research. It has to fit, okay? And um, and I thought that she could have been. I was analyzing her personality, her voice, her chutzpah, all right? And um, and she's on the line with us today, and we're going to explore this. And I don't think she's ever talked about it publicly, and I don't even know how many people she ever told about it. But um, would you like to say hello? I see that you're muted. Are you are you there? Hi, Wynn. Yes, this is Kathleen. How are you all? You're not nervous yet, are you? No. Good. You know, one of the interesting things about Amelia Earhart is that she was fearless. And uh, when I was talking to you recently, you were saying you just, you were, let me ask you a question. How did you, you have a certain amount of recall about that lifetime, right? Yes, I do. I get glimmers every now and then. I call them reveries, and uh, my reveries are quite compelling when I get them. Usually in like a meditative state, I will uh, sort of do some exploration. And uh, in one of those states, a long, long time ago, I uh, had this distinct impression that I was flying an airplane, and it was like a lucid dream, but I was awake. So... I ruled out the fact that I had fallen asleep and um, had these visions of flight over the ocean and over land masses, and it was pretty magnificent mm-hmm. and very, very compelling. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I noticed about Amelia is that she really liked being of service to other people. Um she did a lot of things. I, I, I tried, I spent like a number of hours before this call really brushing up on Amelia so I could talk about it. And I don't usually do that. Usually I talk off the top of my head and we talk to the Elohim. But I feel this is a different kind of call and I hope I do a good job. Okay. I have one of the things that really, really struck me. Okay, is when I was doing searches on YouTube and looking at movies about Amelia, you know, and just to give you a very quick rundown on Amelia, I'm going to play you here. I hope I am a, a, um, A little story about her early history, and hopefully I'll get this down in the place. It was the early days of flight. Barnstormers and daredevil pilots filled the air with the sounds of soaring wings. And among those famous flyers was Amelia Earhart, an aviation icon of the 20th century. Here, Amelia touches down to set a solo transcontinental speed record. 
took me about 19 hours and uh, a few months to uh, make the trip. I wish I could have done it faster. And what did you carry on the trip? You mean to eat? Yeah, to eat and drink. Well, I carried some water, of course, because my cockpit is very warm. And I carried a sandwich in case. I didn't eat it, though. I carried some hot chocolate and um, the old reliable tomato juice. What kind of a sandwich was it? <laughs> Chicken sandwich. <laughs> Earhart dared to go where no one had gone before. The public adored the pioneering pilot, and newsreels of the day captured her every move. Yet the private side of Amelia would always remain a mystery. Now, if you listen to Amelia's voice, and I don't think I'm wrong about this, um, when I hear Kathleen talk, I hear a similar kind of courage and boldness and confidence. Somehow, there's an emotional quality that's similar. Do you notice that, Kathleen? You may not be able to notice because you're too close to it. Um, I think it's kind of intentional, win in that uh, I have always had this sort of audacious side of me that uh, tended to kind of automatically step outside of what was acceptable, not in a negative way, but, you know, what was usual or outside of the norms for what girls or women should and could do. Uh, because I had four brothers, and believe me, I got really good at tackle football, <laughs> but I never wanted to play professionally. <laughs> But uh, and I love chicken sandwiches. I always have. <laughs> but um, but yeah. Um, Amelia, Amelia was a tomboy. Okay. Yes, I was too. Very much yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Still am. I was I was thinking. Would you like to share some of the things you've done in this life? You know, it, it's not like as you know, Amelia Earhart came in a couple years after Charles Lindbergh, and she loved to fly. Her, she made her father give her flying lessons, and she wasn't she wasn't really expecting to have a career like she had. But uh, there was a guy who became aware of her flying and wanted to pay her to do something and thought she was very attractive and charismatic and and that she could be a great person to promote it might have, it might have been TWA she, she did her one of her first flights and it was TWA that was the sponsor of it, as I recall. And she caught the public's heart. You know, she was bold, she was fearless, she was beautiful, and she was charismatic. And uh, as we go through this call, I'm going to play some other little excerpts of Amelia talking. 
And what she's most famous for is her final flight, which was around the equator. She was going to circle the entire equator and land. And on the last leg of the flight, the last 25%, they lost contact with her. And for years, it was a mystery as to what happened to her. And Kathleen happens to know what happens. And we'll, we'll get to that later if she wants to share it. But um, have you studied the history of Amelia to know the kinds of things I'm saying now? Um, actually, to a small degree, uh, it, it never really um, occurred to me to to like look into her history all that much. Um, I had a sense that I was like her in many ways because of my boldness and my curiosity and my desire to be of service to others. And um, I loved nursing and uh, she did a little bit of that and uh, in a very, very uh, rough and difficult scenario. And, um, and most of the work I've done along those lines has been in very kind of traumatic situations or, um, difficult circumstances, such as caring for terminally ill people or paralyzed people. And, um, and the work was just so rewarding to me that, um, I pursued late in life becoming a degree, a nurse with a degree and, um, and was unable to get the math of all things. I got everything else perfectly and I managed to get my LPN, but I, I couldn't go the distance, so to speak on that, uh, on getting the RN because I just went through tutor after tutor and my brain just absolutely refused to get the math part. But, Mm -hmm. Uh, my boldness and my determination didn't stop there. I just launched my qualities and talents into other avenues, such as private duty nursing and uh, caring for sick veterans, which brought me to another uh, very passionate um, project that I spearheaded in the state of Maine to uh, bring bedside telephones to veterans hospital patients. And uh, I went through a substantial amount of kind of uh, denigration, if you will, uh, because a lot of the people who I was canvassing for funding for the project, which was going to be like it was estimated to be about an $800,000 project, it happened to be during a time when I set the proposal forth to the VA administrators um, that they were doing major construction and additions on the Veterans Hospital. And what a perfect time to pull wire, I thought. So I canvassed through the uh, Communication Workers of America, the unions, the, um, the crafts involved uh, to do the work. And lo and behold, after many, many looks over the rims of glasses at this, as they would call it, this that we never had skirts in our unit because I was in the army. I was in the wave, in the wax and uh, the women's army corps. And um, I was, I, I joined 
at a time where there had not been many women accepted. And, um, and I found myself standing in front of audiences of 80, 100, 200 veterans, a lot of them much, much older than I, who um, listened intensely because what I was saying made sense to them. And at first, it was very poopod, and and I was given the thumbs down several times. But then I went the other route through the proverbial chain of command through the Congress and the legislature, and uh, and I got some some uh, interest developed there. And this gave me just all the fuel I needed to continue, and uh, and eventually. On Valentine's Day in 2001, we got a dial tone at Togus VA Hospital in Maine. And this was one of the big, I got goosebumps now, it's one of the biggest thrills of my life to have accomplished this with the help of literally thousands of volunteers and thousands of man hours to install the system. And the really coolest part about it is, is that after the project was cut over and our then president, Mr. Bill Clinton, wouldn't make the inaugural call. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sonny Montgomery, who at the time was the um, the director of the United States Army, made the inaugural call. And um, after that, the VA adopted the program nationwide. And I get goosebumps every time I think about it because it was like, that took a lot of determination and a lot of tears, a lot of embarrassment, but my determination was far greater than any of those things. And I felt that uh, my angels were always with me and that my spirit was very, very strong, stronger than any mistake I could possibly make. And I went the distance and uh, it very, very much paid off and is still paying off as quadriplegics who cannot use their hands, have the means via computers and various other devices to speak to their loved ones without the need for a nurse to hold the phone in their hand while they want to whisper sweet nothings into the ears of their loving wives. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty proud of that accomplishment. So what you're saying is up to that point, the veterans' hospitals didn't have phones for their patients. No, they had these the, little roll-around uh, carts that they had to have coins for because they didn't have credit card coin boxes at the time. And if you didn't have cat, you know, change, you couldn't make a phone call or receive one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, were you in? Were you in the army when you started that project, or were? No, were this you, was year. This was decades after. Decades after. Okay. Yes. And. I know I'd say two decades. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> in in our in our conversation, you were telling me how you became a gourmet cook and were cooking at some of the finest restaurants everywhere. Did yeah. I get that right? Yeah. Yes, you did. How how did you learn how to cook? Actually, um, I was when I was in the army. There were not enough. Uh, interested parties in the MOS that I had originally chosen, uh, which was field medics, 
uh, and there was already a company that was full and already in gear and in the field that I couldn't join as a trainee. Uh, so I took my secondary choice, which they fondly called Greasy Spoon, which was a food service specialist. And um, mm-hmm. at that point, uh, I was launched, and I've been dishing it out ever since. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, t- tell me, what was the very first time in your life that you had an inkling that you were Amelia Earhart? I was on a small aircraft headed for Jamaica, and um, the pilot had to stop to fuel part of the way there. And as people were disembarking, um, I kind of snuck into the cockpit and just kind of looked around. And I got caught by the co-pilot. And I asked, I almost begged if I could just sit in the seat of this, of the pilot's, you know, the pilot's cockpit. And, um, mm-hmm. and they said, sure, sure. And they even put their hat on my head and they took a picture of me in that, in that uh, position in the, in the cockpit. And I got this immediate flash that I had flown, I had crashed and burned and was, uh, was actually a pilot in another lifetime. And I had been aware of for many, many years, the idea of uh, other incarnations, reincarnation, our aspects and probable realities and things. And I didn't tag a name to it at that time, but uh, I did some exploration and just kept asking my, my inner intuition to give me some leads. And I kept finding things about Amelia and little things here or there. And they would just kind of pop up out of nowhere. And, um, and I finally made the connection and, decided that I would explore this a little further and um, did a uh, what's called a channeled session with a source that I've enjoyed um, and actually I'm, I'm a transcriptionist for for over 20 years now. Uh, I decided to ask this channeled entity if I was in fact Amelia Earhart and they said yes and I burst into tears because it made so many things make sense for me that um, I just, it was just this overwhelming sense of relief, first of all, because, you know, I kind of thought, well, people are going to think I'm a little loopy if if I go around asking questions about, uh, you know, this subject, having spoken to a channeled essence, you know? So so that's kind of where it started, and I did a lot of exploration afterwards that uh, just helped confirm and reconfirm that and uh, have had a lot of experiences that align with that person, such as my love for flight, um, friends or fiancés, what have you, that were or are pilots. Um, just so many synchronicities that, uh, that it was just a really amazing discovery from, from, for me. I'm go- you know, I'm going to... Um... Let me see something here. There's a great story about Amelia Earhart when she was young. And, uh, hang on. I have all these clips here. Okay, here we go. This is in one of her early flights. 
He went from the United States across the Atlantic and landed in Ireland. And uh, she was the first woman to cross the Atlantic. And then, of course, she was probably the first woman to cross the Pacific. And then she didn't circle the globe because her plane disappeared. But here she is landing in Ireland. And, 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 and she's giving a talk to the people that are greeting her, addressing them. And Ice and snow coated her wings. The last two hours were the hardest. I turned down the reserve tank and found the gauge leaking. I decided I should come down at the very nearest place. As dawn approached, she landed in a cow pasture near Londonderry, Ireland. Local farmers were stunned to see a woman in pants emerge from the plane. Within hours, photographers and reporters mobbed the meadow. Tables of congratulations poured in. I really had no objective when I started. I struck rain like this on the way across, so I'm not uh, unaccustomed to, to this at all. It's rather a pleasure in fact. You know, in my life, I don't think I can recall a person that speaks with the passion of Kathleen, and I identified it with the passion of Amelia Earhart on that audio. And uh, we'll hear some more audios. Uh, pay attention and see what you think. I should mention that Kathleen also looks like Amelia. And I did send a picture out in the email. She says, I have better pictures. And um, But the one I saw was close enough for me to see that resemblance. And you don't remember that, do you, Kathleen, landing in Ireland? No, but I'd always dreamed of going to Ireland and could visualize its beauty in in my mind's eye so clearly, as if I had already been there. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Here's an interesting clip I have. Let's see here. Amelia Earhart was one of the best-known women in the world. More than any other aviator of her time, Amelia used her notoriety to popularize commercial air service. She attracted customers to a new airline, which eventually became TWA. However, I foresee regular transatlantic service established certainly within our lifetime. Okay, and a question. Have you talked about this to other people very much? Uh, not, not that much. Within a small circle of my friends in the forum of the uh, channeled person that I mentioned, but not, not overly. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, when you when when somebody happened to do something extraordinary in a past life, it can be rather uncomfortable to reveal that in present time because people think yeah. they're doing it for ego or or you know you know you may not be doing something that that big this lifetime and you think well why am i not doing something that big this time and uh, okay. but you did do things that big you got you got the veterans their phones you single-handedly went against the system and raised how much money did you raise for that close to a million dollars and the mm-hmm. VA picked up the tab, which they don't normally do on projects that are uh, started by volunteer veterans. Yeah. So the, the general accounting office actually made a line item budget for bedside telephones nationwide after yeah. that project. So that's pretty exciting. And and I want to say while we're while we're doing this call. I'm not going to say outright that Kathleen was Amelia. I mean, you can't take that to a scientist and say, prove it, you know. But mm-hmm. I have enough indications that I'm inclined to believe it. And I am so glad Kathleen's excited about our work because she has such passion. And I hope we do things together besides just talk about Amelia Earhart, but it is mm-hmm. a great story, and uh, and she's a really powerful person. And let me see here. Let me see another thing here. Uh, hang on. Okay. Here. I don't think she ever worried about what people thought about her efficiency. I think she was so sure herself that she was doing what what was the right thing, and she had such confidence in herself. More than skill, Amelia's confidence and raw courage helped her solo across the Atlantic. She was already 35 years old, and her greatest aviation challenge was yet to come. was one of the best-known women in the world. And when Kathleen and I were talking, she was saying, I wanted to be an example of not having fear. And, uh, and it's one of the things that drove her. And she caught, Amelia caught the heartstrings of the world. You know, she kept doing these amazing flights that a woman wouldn't be expected to do. And and she was handling the energy of it. And um, I was, you know, I told Terry, Terry, I'm probably going to just say, Terry's very shy. 
Billy happens to be the reincarnation. Uh, you know, I don't normally talk about being the reincarnation of someone in the past. Is you can learn something from it. You can learn that you exist forever. Everybody exists forever, and part of the process is to go through multiple reincarnations and then graduate this realm. And of course, in our work, we are talking to a group soul that Terry channels that identifies itself as the Elohim. And when this first happened, I Googled the word Elohim. I didn't look for this. I didn't even trust channeling, to tell you the truth. But Terry woke me up one night and said, get the tape recorder out. And this voice came through her said it was the Elohim. And uh, I didn't believe it. I looked up the word Elohim. It was one of the names for God in the Old Testament, the name the Mormons use for God. And... Um, they just told me to ask them questions. They never told me to do anything. They never told me to believe anything. They just said, ask us questions. And then in the first six months, they did a miracle of healing on my sister. Because I asked them, because my, my sister was supposed to die. And... Uh, and when I asked them, was Terry ever anybody famous? Because Terry is very shy. They said, look up St. Catherine of Siena. And I told the story earlier, a Catholic saint who channeled. And Terry's on the line. And normally, on a Monday, we play back channelings. And, and we have 10 conference calls a week. And a lot of people's lives are changing as a result of our calls. And I'm not going to go deeply into explaining it, but when this call is over, we're going to immediately go into the call we do every day called Whole Planet Healing. And I hope you will stay on the line, stay on BBS and listen, okay? If you're there. And I thought what I wanted to do and I hope Terry doesn't get tongue-tied, but um, have Terry, hang on, hang on, see if she wants to ask Kathleen any questions. Is that okay, Kathleen, with you? Sure. I thought so. Okay, hang on just one second. And... I'm here. You're there, good. Yeah. Would you like to pose a question? Well, it was really interesting today. Lynn came to me and he uh, wanted to do a channeling, and we asked in a channeling um, if uh, Kathleen was Amelia Earhart, and the answer was yes. And uh, it's, you know, I felt a strong tie with Amelia Earhart. Um, because like, when she disappeared, I used to pray for her. And uh, any time later it would come up in the news, the TV programs, or well, what happened to her. 
and there'd be various theories and everything, and I'd send out prayers again for her. So it's really like um, closure for me to be able to uh, see uh, what's happened and and to uh, have closure on uh, the mystery of what happened to uh, Kathleen uh, Amelia. Yeah. Thank you. Let me take a moment here. Um, Let's see if anyone on the call wants to ask a question to Kathleen. Okay? What do we have? We have about 10 minutes. Hang on. Hi, honey. Okay. Anyone have a question? Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to um, her, her telling us what happened on that last flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're we're gonna get to that. I tell you what. Before before she tells us, I'm gonna mute her. I want to play another excerpt here, a uh, short excerpt, okay? Uh, and this is our last flight when it crashed, okay? Hang on just a second. On March 17, 1937, Amelia and her crew embarked from Oakland, California on their around-the-world flight. They made a successful takeoff for Hawaii. But when speeding down the runway in Honolulu, the Electra suddenly ground-looped and crashed. Many blame the accident on careless flying, but Amelia was prepared to make a second attempt. Repairs on the Electra soared up to almost $30,000, and the flight was rerouted. Earhart did not express any fear of flying ever, until the last flight. But Earhart was very Victorian about the promise made and kept. And there were contracts, there were all kinds of arrangements for this that had been settled and she felt she had to do it. Amelia would have to make the second attempt with two less crew members, Harry Mann. Okay, so now she broke down in Hawaii, and now she has, uh, she lost two of her crew members. And one of the interesting things is that, um, She didn't know Morse code, and she she actually, of all things, has learned Morse code this lifetime. And and the the um, let me see here. And you know, she had a she had a radio. 
and she wasn't good at working the radio, and neither was her co-pilot, which was a guy by the name of Noonan. And um, there were these radio broadcasts she did, but she didn't get any responses, even though they were hearing her, okay? And um, I, I did copy the radio broadcast. Let me see here. Hang on, let's see here. I think this is the one I just played, though. Let me try this one. About her knowledge and where her name was used and things like that. Amelia Earhart managed to keep herself in the public eye for almost 10 years. But the era of setting record-breaking flights was coming to a close. Amelia needed one more profitable flight in order to be financially set up for life. In 1936, Amelia Earhart announced her most challenging and dangerous long-distance flight to date. She was determined to set a new record, but it would be her last. about to take the greatest risk of her life. She announced a solo around-the-world flight. Countless pilots had already successfully made the flight, but no one had flown it circling the equator. Uh, it will be the first flight, if successful, which approximates the equator. Indeed, I crossed the equator four times. In order to make such an ambitious flight, Amelia traded in her Lockheed Vega for a two-engine Electra, the most advanced aircraft of its time. Amelia raised $80,000 for the ambitious flying mission from Purdue University, where she had been on staff, career counseling young women. To prevent any gossip of the flight being another publicity stunt, Amelia stated that the airplane was to be a flying laboratory for aeronautical research. Uh, with it, I hope to accomplish something really scientifically worthwhile for aviation. Amelia was initially going to make the trip solo, but due to her lack of navigation skills, she assembled an elite. I guess that's all I did for that. All right, we better talk about what happened to Amelia. Now, this is not for the faint-hearted, okay? And um, it started out where I found a YouTube, and it was a very bizarre thing that happened, that she and her co-pilot were marooned on an island, and, and they said, in the YouTube, there were man-eating crabs on this island, giant crabs, nine pounds in weight. And that was how she met her end. And I think they had something that indicated they found the remains of a body 
But it wasn't absolute proof that that was true. But that's what they said. And then I, I brought it up to Kathleen, and I said, do you know what happened? And she said, yes, I was eaten by man-eating crabs. And she never saw that video or heard that story, I don't think. Want to say anything on that, Kathleen? Yes, I do, actually. Um, and frankly, we had been living off of the fruits and the various things that we could find on the island for a short period of time. I would say a few weeks uh, before we began to become overly dehydrated and just not not able to sustain ourselves any longer. We just became too weak. And um, these creatures were around us, but we were ambulatory and not overly injured because our crash landing occurred in the water, not on land. And um, when we began starving, literally, um, we got a lot weaker. And um, I felt that idea of dying soon was was going to be what happened and there were there were no hopes within us to be rescued and um these crabs <laughs> came around us and um kind of encircled us and kind of converged on us and i am certain that i lost consciousness before the feast began and Fred was already unconscious. So, and these are things that were uh, explained to me by my channeled source that um, really made sense because I'd had nightmares and just, you know, glimmers in my nightmares of this happening. And I thought it was my imagination. This was, you know, these, these nightmares occurred long before I ever asked about Amelia and that lifetime. So as gruesome as it sounds, we fed the locals. <laughs> and uh, they, they didn't. They didn't even use butter, did they? No butter needed. <laughs> uh, that's that's the joke that somebody made on the YouTube video. You know, I'm going to ask you one more question, and that is, um, I know you really appreciate the work that we're doing. And yes, could you do. share what, you know, we're going to continue with whole planet healing and Kathleen's on that line every night. She doesn't take a leadership position, but she supports the energy and uh, she may take a leadership position, um, but um, I could feel her energy when she's on the line. And tell me why you like our work. Uh, because your work resonates so strongly with me. I can feel the energy in my body and I can feel my energy expand as we are on the calls. And when um, our dear Cecil brings in the light, I immediately feel like a Christmas tree that just got all the lights turned on. And, and it's such a pervasive sensation that it almost feels as if 
I were outside in the dark in a group of people, they would be able to see my light. <laughs> and and it's, mm-hmm. it's a very, very validating personal um, accomplishment for me to be able to participate in this work because I've always wanted to be a healer and a shaman and uh, different things along those lines. And I do crystal energy healing layouts and work for people and uh, several other things along those lines. But primarily my focus of attention right now is to really be a sort of foundational support system for people who don't believe in this stuff yet, who don't realize that they are aspects of the one infinite creator. And um, that's my challenge. I mean, I have other dreams and visions. I have a vision of creating a sanctuary here at this place that I'm kind of a squatter in right now. And I actually can see it coming to fruition in spite of the appearances because that's just what they are. Please announce yourself. All right, you're on BBS Radio. Yay. Hi, BBS. We are you ready. Your, you can do your introduction now, Antonio. Welcome to everybody on BBS Radio. This is Whole Planet Healing, and um, the call will begin in a few minutes. Welcome to Whole Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Hi, Antonio. It's Jennifer from Greensburg. Hi, everyone. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. There's no one here. Hi, Jennifer. Yep. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Bonnie in California. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. How do you get Hi, out of your hole? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Hi, Antonio. It's Joy and Squim. Joy, Joy. Hi, Joy. Hi, Joy. Hi, Joy. Hi, Joy. Hi, Joy. Anybody Hi. else? Mm-hmm. Nata Yeta. Mm-hmm. Nata Yeti. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Whole Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Yeah, it's Lauren. Of course, Washington. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hi. Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you all like to say your name and location one at a time, please? Gretchen <laughs> in Arizona. Hi, Gretchen. Hi, Gretchen. And did I hear Jeannie? Hi, Hi. Hi, Jeannie. And hi, Heis. Hello. Hi, Jeannie. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> did you, Lauren, did you listen to that uh, audio choice that you, about Abby, or the whole call? Welcome to Hope Planet uh, Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? It's Wynn and Sedona. Hi, Wynn. Hi, Wynn. Hi, Wynn. Hi, Wynn. It was a while back, right? Uh, yeah, it was 
from the second, I think. I'll send it to you. Yeah. I did. Ah, welcome to okay. Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? I certainly would. This is Cecil from the Great Northwest. <laughs> Hi, Cecil. Hi, Cecil. Hi, guys. Now, I see Terry is here. Hi, this is Terry and Sedona. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Hi. Would you like to say your name and location? But only if you want to. And welcome, everybody, on BBS. Happy Valentine's Day again. <laughs> it's actually... Uh... Happy President's Day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yes. But was last week Valentine's Day? Yes. Yep. Happy happy unbirthday. Happy unbirthday to you. <laughs> Just don't tell me, Antonio, you want the president to be your Valentine. Do you remember when they used to have Two presidents' days, and mm -hmm. then one for Lincoln oh, yeah. and one for yep. Washington. And yep. I'm, I wonder where they changed. I don't. I don't know. I don't remember. Probably they didn't want to yeah. giving too many people days off. Just three days. <laughs> yeah. Why they changed well, it? I can't say. Healing. Would you like to name the location? <laughs> now, Jill from Rochester, Minnesota. Hi, Jill. Do you hear your dad? Hi, Jill. Did you hear your dad singing? No, uh, no uh uh. <laughs> we are at 706, so let us get going. Okay. And well, thank you all for being here. Uh, you, uh, do you have a joke, Antonio? Um, let's see. Oh, you're too slow. I'll do it. You can remember this one. It's good. It's good. Okay. Um, uh, what happens when Santa, what malady, what happens when Santa gets stuck in the, the chimney? You have to get a new chimney? He gets a he gets a case of claustrophobia. <laughs> I thought I thought maybe he just got the flu. <laughs> now that's a that's a good one. You know that? There's an alternative, I accept that. Okay. Muted. Vin, you're gonna open up? Uh, okay. Jackie, are you here? Yes, I am. All right. Till the 21st. The recording has started. Hey, this is February 21st, 2022, the day before President's Day. Was today President's Day? I don't even know. Okay. I think officially it was that? yesterday. Today is the, the it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The good old days when you had jobs, right? <laughs> um, 
Well, this is whole planet healing. It's a group energy call. It's like we have all of us on the phone line, all those on BBS radio, and a bunch of invisible beings. And you seem to be a fraction too close to your mic. I got the date. I'm too close to my mic. I think so. Yeah. And we have all these guys in invisible. And, well, we're all invisible because we're just voices. But they, and they can't speak to us, but they speak through Terry. But we're not doing that tonight. We're just going to feel their energies and let them join us and help support this motion to shift our planet into a more positive future. And with that note, I'm going to turn it over to Jackie. Then sorry to interrupt. You have a certain like like a gurgle in your phone line. You might want to find another uh, way to communicate for the last part. Okay. Um, I would like to thank thank everyone on BBS Radio for joining us tonight, uh, adding their energy to our call. And as Wynn said, the whole planet healing call is extra special because we have these sources that join us and this is call is a collaboration of all of you who have joined us and those sources these are the same ones that contacted Wynn and Terry many years ago and they uh, this interdimensional partnership has continued to this day utilizing those communication skills of Terry Brown now, at the beginning of all of our calls, we ask for uh, the love light protection to surround us all. So now let's officially begin by welcoming Cecil from near Seattle, Washington, who will recite our, our invocation, requesting energetic protection for ourselves, this call, and this work, along with a shielding from any negative interference. Cecil? Thank you, Jackie. Father, Mother, God, the one infinite creator, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect everyone in attendance, including those on BBS radio. And any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted for the highest and greatest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through our galaxy, the Milky Way, through our solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. Right now, we invoke a group energy connection with all those present who are open to do so while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our individual souls. We invite those sources who are positive service to others, honoring the law of one to join with us. We co-create a protected space that only the positive has access to. 
Anything not of that nature must leave now. Back to you, Jackie. Thank you so much, Cecil. Now, even though we don't have a live channeling on this particular call, at the beginning of this call, we do get to talk with Winfrey and Terry Brown. They join us and spend a few minutes of their time uh, sharing their latest thoughts or stories with us. So, Win, welcome back to the call. Thank you. And we don't have a lot of channeling, but we have an energetic presence. And, you know, you may, guys, some people, when they're new, may think, what do you mean an energetic presence? Well, you know, I learned this when I started doing live talks, lectures, and people could feel all this energy in the room. I could see the energy. And the first time that happened, I said, what's this? And... People were leaving the room, and Terry was in the table outside selling books. And when I went out, she said, what are you doing in there? These people all say they can see auras. And I get emails from people that are on our calls sometimes. And not everybody has the same experience and is sensitive to it. But I got emails from people before I even ever said this was true, what I'm telling you now. And they were saying, I could feel this energy going through my chakras. I lit up like a Christmas tree. And I, I, I got enough of those to know they were paying attention to people on the call. And they pay attention to everyone on the call that is open to being paid attention to. And not everyone can experience the same intensity. Some people just feel like, what a happy group. <laughs> Other people feel like they're lit up like a Christmas tree. Sometimes it changes when you keep coming on. But they are on the call right now. I guarantee it, okay? We've been doing this for too long and observing the patterns too long. And, and they're adding their energies. And there's a lot of them. They're adding their energies to our intentions to heal the planet. And the person, we do talk to them. And when we talk to them, of course, they can't talk to us through mouths and bodies because they don't have them. But they can talk to us through Terry Brown, who's going to say hello. Hi, everybody. There we go. Good evening. Can you hear me? I hear you. Hello? Great. I hear you. So, um, it's a marvelous thing to be able to contact, get in contact with each and every person here, and the sources are very happy. They touch in and uh, check in with us, and uh, they are um, like our brothers and sisters in a higher density that is beyond the spectrum where we can see and hear. But um, they're able, uh, I think, because I came from a higher realm and uh, 
I'm able to touch in with them act as a communicator. And uh, they've really worked with me to uh, increase my vocabulary and uh, be a better communicator. So uh, wonderful to have everybody here and back to Jackie. Thank you so much, Terry and Wynn. And I, I always add this when Wynn tells that story. I was at that meeting that Wynn just referenced, and I can tell you that I felt and witnessed exactly what he described. So um, we are going to join Bonnie from Corona, California, next on our call. And she uh, goes through the archives on the spiritchannel.net, where there are many, many um, messages that are there covering quite a few years. And Terry Brown, who just spoke, um, brought forth the majority of these channeled conversations. Luckily for us, every night, Bonnie chooses something special to share with us, and we look forward to hearing what she chose for this evening. Bonnie? Hi, thank you. Okay, we are going to visit a call that took place on November 26, 2009. And after we called in the light, then there was a series of questions that were asked. And Wind asked a question about paying attention to the negative. And he says, obviously... We have gone through a lot of questions and understanding about how the negative from other realms influence this realm and how it creates potential traps for people and many people who are of a certain new age disposition never even address the negative. There's a thought that if you pay attention to it, it will create fear and that it's better not to pay attention to it, to protect oneself from them. And there's probably not one answer that would fit all, but could you make a comment on this topic? And Ra'an, through Terry, then gives us some information. The negative... And we make a broad statement here is very often an individual trying to work something out wherein they may have gotten discouraged with being honest and forthright and are falling down the scale of responses to a to heck with you response. They have given up in their caring. So the earth plane will respond to them and teach them lessons. When one simply gets into the vibe or puts out the negative vibe, when one even duplicates the negative vibe, they can then be catapulted into that frequency of negativity and pull in similar frequencies of individuals who are negative and can then have negative consequences, for instance, when when one has a negative experience 
and we are generalizing here, but let's say the experience of getting a ticket for driving too fast. And then they go, oh, heck, how could I have gotten this ticket? I didn't know there was a policeman there. But if they review their thoughts, there may have been some thoughts like, I'm really driving too fast and I'm on my cell phone and I thought I could get away with it. And then there is this fear that they can't get away with it and they pull it right in on top of that. They pull in whatever they are afraid of as this vibe goes out non-linearly and it goes out to their surroundings and other individuals also, although they do not know consciously, somewhere within their range of frequencies, within their field, this vibe is going beep, beep, beep. And if they are a policeman watching for speeders, it's going to click on his consciousness. Therefore, when consensus reality is guided by the news and guided by explanations that people hear, everyone comes to the same conclusion because of what science says. Science says there's going to be an earthquake in California. Science says this or that. And then consensus reality goes beep, beep, beep into everyone's consciousness. And even though they are not consciously making it happen for themselves, it's placed there by being in their field. So the more one becomes aware, they can ramp up their vibration to a new level, which can bypass consensus reality. And they can begin to ascend to that point and leave consensus reality behind and begin to have more control over their own life and their own future and their own track. And they can begin to have more control over which realm that they are in and which realm they are visiting and which realm they can then travel to and then come back from. That is our answer. And I think I, that's one of the things I like about this call is we are, we're going to just stay right above consensus realities and make it our own. So I'll turn it back to you, Jackie. I really love you all. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bonnie. That was a great choice. Uh, really valuable information and useful. And, uh, these are principles we apply on this call when we are uh, addressing uh, less than positive things in our world. Now, we are going to start that work right now in the next portion of our call because we are going to join Jennifer from Greensburg, Pennsylvania, who researches the most recent earthquake and volcanic activities on our planet. And we do this because our sources have asked us to stay informed on these current events. They've also suggested the most valuable offering we can extend is the energy of calmness. 
So as Jennifer guides us to each area of activity, let's gather our group energy and focus that calming energy to all areas of concern, asking for gentle and benign outcomes. Jennifer? Thank you, Jackie. Tonight, as we do each evening, we invite Mother Earth to travel with us as we make our way around the world, spreading calm to the areas that are seismically and volcanically challenged. Um, Tonight, we will start, as we usually do, in our beautiful state of Hawaii. Actually, they had a rather calm day there today, 2.4 at Pahala, and that was the largest. And then there was a swarm there, as there always is, but they were all quite low level. And then between Mauna Loa and Mauna Kea, which is a, that's the northernmost uh, volcanic uh, volcano right now, um, we had a 2.1, and it was almost more closer to Mauna Kea than Mauna Loa. So let's just take a quick moment and send calm down to everything that we can't see, and everything we can see, of course, but what we can't see, the fracture zones, fault lines, undersea volcanoes, and any other, any other things, the hot spot in that area where Hawaii is. Just send love and calm down. And now we are going to go Focus your attention all the way to the, we're going to go south of New Zealand, all the way down to the very tip of Antarctica. This is about as south as one can be. It's called the Balany Islands region. And we had a 6.3 there today. Moving northward towards New Zealand, Um, We did have a 5.2 on the South Island of New Zealand. Moving northward to along the Kermadec Trench, um, we had a 4.9 at Fiji. And then now we turn towards the west and we work our way, excuse me, over to Papua New Guinea. We had a 5.2. Heading westward to Indonesia, there was a big swarm today. We had a 5.8, <clears throat> but within this swarm, we also had a 5.4, a 5.3, a 5.2, a 5.1, and a bunch of fours. So it's quite active, and this is right in the middle, I would say, of the Indonesian crescent. Um, actually, no, it's not. It's more Timor left, which is East Timor. And we send calm to that area. That's it's the fault line runs right through that area. And then we're going to um, turn to oh, before we leave this area, I want to mention we did have a 3.6 in Western Australia, and it's not to be it's expected that that's going to have some impact on on Australia. The whole plate, I think, is shifting there. And then we're going to continue northward to the Philippines. We had a 5.3. And then uh, up to the Mariana Islands, we had a 5.1. At Guam, which is very close to that region, we had a 5.0. Northward to Japan, we had a 5.5. And then a 5.0. 
and C1A's edema is erupting there. And then continuing north to the area of Russia called Kamchatsky, we had a 4.5. And then in the Kuril Islands, we had a 4.6. And then now we're going to move across eastward, um, across the Aleutians. And we did have a 5.1 on the uh, Aleutians, on Fox Island. And we had a 4.2 in the Gulf of Alaska. <clears throat> and this is the region where we have like the, the plate bends and it comes down into uh, the panhandle of Alaska, right in that area. And then we did have on the mainland, we did have a 4.0 at Anchor Point. <clears throat> and that would be, looks like it's a little bit south of um, Anchorage. Moving down through Canada, we had a 3.3 in the northern Yukon Territory, and then moving down southward into Washington, um, the only concern there today was just the rumbling volcanoes, Rain Mount Rainier and Mount St. Helens. We send calm to those. And then down to Oregon, the same thing. We want to send calm to Mount Hood and Three Sisters. And then moving down in California, we had a 2.3 at Petrolia. And this is the area that is where the triple junction is, Mendocino Triple Junction. We had 2.3 there. Moving down into California, we had the geysers and the San Andreas Fault. And we had a 3.4 Trace Pinos. Pinos. Down to Southern California. And the Southern California had a very, really a very calm day. Everything was under 2. <clears throat> and then over in the eastern part of the um, state, we had Ridgecrest that had from swarming, kind of low-level, though, and that was all. Now, my concern <clears throat> for California, and I just want us to take a quick moment and just focus all the way down the western coast because it's stuck. It's trying to move, and it's not moving. So we don't want to – we don't need a big disaster. So let's just ask for calm and for it to slide gently. And then before we leave uh, the U.S., I do want to mention mine in Nevada, we had 3.5. In Stanley, Idaho, we had 2.4 and others. Yellowstone, the send calm there. There wasn't anything specific there, but I just like to send calm because who knows what's going on underneath the ground. <laughs> and a 2.6 in West Texas. And a 2.4 in Tennessee. And this was near Knoxville, if you know where that is. Not far from the um, New Madrid Fault. So we send calm to Tennessee. And now moving down into Mexico, we had fours. Guatemala, we had Fuego erupting, but nothing seismically. Um, down to uh, Nicaragua, we had Telica, um, with this volcano that has just begun to re erupt. It was spewing ash today. Then we had a 4.3 in El Salvador, Costa Rica 3.3, and Panama 3.8. And then as we go south of um, Panama, we south of Panama we had a 4.3, 
And then we take a quick look at the uh, Caribbean. Over in Puerto Rico, we have 3.5. And then moving across to Guadalupe, which is one of the windward islands, we have 3.0. And then at Martinique, which is also a windward island, we had a 4.4. And you understand that that's just, that is coming from all the, all the stuff that's happening in the, the uh, Pacific. So we just send that area a lot of calm. Moving down into South America, Colombia um, didn't have any uh, earthquakes, but we have Nevada del Ruiz that has begun to erupt again. Ecuador, 3.8, and CNJ and Reventador were both erupting. Peru, 4.4, Chile, 4.3, Argentina, 4.5, and then we're going to come all the way up the Mid-Atlantic Ridge, and we're going to go over to the Strait of Gibraltar, and we're still swimming there as usual. We did have a 3.7 there. Spain had twos. Now, here's an interesting one. 3.2 in England. And it wasn't very far from Birmingham, if you know where that is. It's kind of in the middle. And then down to Italy, we had 3.2. And Etna <clears throat> has begun um, with a real strong lava softening, you know, throwing it way, way up into the air. But fortunately, it's in an area um, that doesn't really affect a lot of people. So we just send light and love to Etna. And then moving to Greece, we only had threes. Georgia, which is like by the, it's part of Russia, but it's called Georgia 3.7. The Caspian Sea, which is right near this, uh, 3.9. Afghanistan, 4.4. And China, southern China, 4.6. And I would like to ask everybody to just focus for a moment on that ring of fire. Because what's happening on that west side is going to eventually make its way around to the uh, western part of our country and South America, too. And, of course, Central America. And just send calm. And I want to say thanks to everybody for participating. And I'll send you all back to Jackie. Thank you, Jennifer. Well, um, Wynn is going to be taking us on his guided visualization in just a few moments, and he'll be directing our attention to many of those other issues that need our focus. But first, the phone lines will be unmuted, and you have this opportunity to put your concerns into the light, always keeping in mind that the highest and greatest good for all be considered. If you are listening to us on BBS radio or to a replay, this is also the right time to put forth your personal concerns. And uh, I'd like to thank you all for your contributions tonight. Unmuted. I would like to ask for the light to sit on the blessed the land over which I'm traveling. Assistance and protection for a beautiful Mother Earth, a human family, a flora and fauna of all the sentient beings. I would like to ask for assistance for all of my other prayers and uh, a blessing for my little puppies, Tiny and Tony. Much love and gratitude to all. Thank you. 
time in San Jose asking for support and protection for Sidney Powell, Mike Lindell, and for Mike's complaint. Thank you. Uh, this is Jennifer. I'd like to put everybody on the call on the healing list for whatever the individual's need is. I'd also like to extend this to our BBS listeners and our family, our loved ones, and also our pets that we love so dearly. I would like to mention Wynn and Terry asking that each one of us send them a little packet of love light energy. Cecil and Betty, who need our prayers. Monica and Larry and Lauren in Washington, Tom and San Jose, White Dove and Willow, Phyllis and Joe T, both in Washington, Antonio Jr., Sr. and Abby, Hyatt and Kathleen, Mimi and Larry, her husband for healing, Maxalina, Susan and her family in uh, Toronto, Tony Camacho in West L.A., who needs our prayers and all the love light we can send. And I would also like to add myself to this field of energy and express my gratitude for this contact. Thank you so very much. Thank you. This is Jeannie Ince at this height. I just want to say a few words about Canada and the truckers. I've always thought of Canada as a country as much devoted to the democratic ideal as the U.S. has always been, which is what makes seeing what is happening there so scary and appalling, that the government would assume the right to interfere with donated funds going to their intended beneficiaries and then seize control of the bank accounts of those same beneficiaries. It's beyond anything I could have imagined. And all of this because the people claim the right to say yes or no to what is injected into their bodies. I would hope that if something like this should happen in the U.S., that the citizen outcry would be heard from here to the moon. But I think a lot of people have been hypnotized by the mainstream media and blind acceptance of authority to see how close to the edge of totalitarianism we have gotten to, which is why it is so imperative and so urgent that an awakening takes place as soon as possible, and why I ask the Elohim to help accelerate in this awakening. Thank you. Wow. Here, here. Muted. This is Wynn, and we're going to do our closing visualization. And I thank Jeannie for her passionate um, intention on Canada, which is kind of right now leading the way for a major democratic country, supposedly, into a a non-democratic place. 
and uh, where the rights that we take for granted in a democracy are being taken away. And I'd like to put that at the beginning of my own visualization that the energy comes in to influence the direction of Canada and the support of these people that went on the road, lots of them, to demonstrate, to make a statement about the vaccine mandates, which is becoming pretty obvious, has another agenda to it besides protecting people. And we're going to start out with our group energy. Creating a group energy that surrounds our planet with the support of our silent Elohim and Ra friends with um, sun and the moon and the earth and the earth spirits. And we're going to send energy down to the surface of the earth. We're sending like repeater stations. The energy that originates from the one infinite creator and travels through the entire universe. We see it moving and coming down to the surface of our planet and lifting the vibration wherever it can be received and supporting those people, events, and physical objects that can hold the frequency. We start out with aiming that energy at all those humans who are majoritively service to others. to the children and young people of our planet who are the hope for the future. And we ask that they get wisdom and they can discernment and as they grow, they see what's going on and they become powerful um, powerful holders of light and truth. We go to the animals of our planet and the pets, particularly, who help their owners keep it together, keep their hearts open. We go to the plants, the trees, the grass, the bushes, who receive the energy of the higher realms and bring it through their their plant bodies, their roots, their 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 stems, their barks, their trunks, and their leaves, and ho- hold that energy in the earth space. We go to the rocks, 
the minerals, and the crystals that can hold these energies in a very powerful way. We go to the insects and particularly the insects that are part of the balance of nature. We send them this energy for the preservation of their species. We go to the fish and the sea life and the dolphins and the whales. We go into the center of the earth and we connect our energies with Mother Earth herself. And we send Earth healing healing energy for all the processing she has to do to maintain this planet. We send Earth gratitude for giving us this opportunity to experience bodies on her surface. We go to the energy waves that travel through the earth that terminate in potential volcanoes and earthquakes. And we send calm energy. We go back to the surface of the earth and we send this energy to the volcano earthquake zones. You know, these are the potential earthquakes and volcanoes of the future, the fault lines, and there are areas that are more volatile than other areas. First one is the ring of fire, the land masses surrounding the Pacific Ocean. And we send a big U-shaped column of light down on that entire area, stretching from Asia to North America to Central America to South America, bringing calm energy. We go to the New Madrid fault line, centered in St. Louis and the surrounding states. We put a a column of light hundreds of miles in diameter, coming down on that area, penetrating through the ground and bringing calm energy. We go to the Mid-Atlantic fault line, going from the North Pole through Iceland, through the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, as far south as the tip of South America, and we put a longitudinal column of light, thousands of miles long, penetrating through the water and through the ground, bringing calm.
we ask our sources to help us locate all of the other potential earthquakes and volcanoes on our planet and and send them this calming energy. And any earthquakes and volcanoes that need to be released because the earth is releasing stress, we ask that they can occur gradually and away from population centers when possible. We go to the other out-of-balance situations on our planet, some of them. We start off with the coronavirus and its mutations. And we ask that it can be rendered harmless. We go to the immune systems of humans. We ask that they can be strengthened. We go to the toxins in vaccines and ask that they can be transmuted. We go to the awareness of humans and the discernment of humans on what I call the negative agendas taking place on our planet and that people can see through the manipulations, the fake news, and draw the right conclusions about what's for the highest good and keep their consciousness there. And that humans can become aware of the support and intelligence in higher realms that's available to help them and our planet. We go to the suffering on our planet and we send the Christ energy to everyone who suffers. And understanding, for some people, suffering is working out karma. And for other people, it's being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And for other people, there's a myriad of circumstances that put people in situations where they feel helpless. And we just send this energy to them to at least give them the opportunity to reach for it and lift their vibrations above the suffering. We go to the droughts on our planet and we ask for rain to fill the reservoirs, to water the crops, and for animals to drink. We go to the governments of our planet. 
And we ask for qualities of leadership that make people feel safe and protected. Benevolence, compassion, courage, wisdom, integrity, and ethics. We ask for those countries that are adversarial with each other and those groups that they can resolve their differences nonviolently. And in particular, we send this energy for peaceful resolution of whatever is going on between Russia and Ukraine. We ask for interventions. We ask that our realm is protected from nuclear weapons going off. We ask that toxic materials on our planet be transmuted like radiation like chemtrails, like coronavirus and its mutations a second time, like radio frequency waves and microwaves and 5G and nanobots. Anything in food, air, water, or medicines that is toxic, we ask to be transmuted. And finally, we bring this energy back to ourselves. We see it flowing through the galaxies, solar systems, and landing on each of your rooftops where we have energy filter that blocks any negative energy from coming in. And if we're comfortable, we can invite that home and lift the vibration of our home, transmute negativity. We can invite that energy down the sides of our home, blocking negativity from the outside world. And finally, we can move this energy through our chakra system. And we remind ourselves that we are each an aspect of the one infinite creator temporarily experiencing these physical bodies on planet Earth. And we're going to end the verbal part of this call 
and leave the lines open for each of you that wants to stay on the line and hold this space for as long as you would like. Thank you all for being here and supporting this work. Thank you, everybody that volunteers, and you're making a difference. We'll see you next time. This session is no longer being recorded.